Good morning, Four Oaks. Pastor Paul, it is Wednesday morning. What do we see here? November 17th, 2021. We call these times Romans Rewind. We take five to 10 to 15 minutes every weekday, Monday through Friday, to unpack a portion of God's Word. Um, and for this season, we are in the book of Romans. So this parallels the sermon series that we're doing on Sunday morning at Four Oaks. And because Romans is such a rich book, deep book, um, it can be a, it can be a, a complicated book at times. Um, and so uh, knowing that we don't have time to, to touch on everything in a Sunday morning sermon, we use these weekdays as an opportunity to dive into a, a particular passage or verse or idea or theme that we didn't have time to get to. So that, that's what we're doing. And right now we're in Romans 5, 1 through 5. Let me read that text. And um, then I'll talk about and follow up something that we talked about on uh, Sunday. Paul says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So we've been the last couple of days we've been talking about this idea of peace, but for the next couple of days I want us to talk about this idea of suffering. And here Paul says something that is admittedly incredibly strange to our 21st century postmodern ears when he says, we rejoice in our suffering. And when a scripture writer says something like that, that grabs our attention, we want to get behind that, understand what is Paul talking about? Now, Paul answers that in one particular way here. He says, suffering are meant to be part of the sanctification process for believers. So he, talk, he goes, takes us through the whole chain of command here, how suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. And so he's talking about um, character formation and not just being more, a more moral person, but in fact being conformed to the image of Christ, that this is one of God's um, you know, providentially designed instruments for... Um, making us more like God, making us more like Jesus, helping us to trust him more, to walk with him, to draw close to him. Well, Paul also speaks about suffering in some other places. One of those particularly, um, Colossians, okay, Colossians chapter one. And, and here he, he gives us another reason why Christians are to rejoice in their sufferings. And this is not so much about the effect that it has on them, that's there, of course, but ultimately the effect of what it has on other people. All right, so let, let, let me read the passage, Colossians 1, beginning at verse 24. Paul says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known to the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. So Paul uses the same word again, rejoice. He rejoices in his sufferings. Now, why? 
Paul says, for your sake, okay? He, he's, this is something that Paul says to rejoice in because of its benefit on other believers, by its benefit on other people. And what is that? Well, Paul tells us here that he is filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Now, what Paul doesn't mean is that in some way, Christ's afflictions weren't adequate, or they were inadequate, they were they didn't do their job, or there was something incomplete about them. And that's not what Paul means here. What Paul means is that, that Jesus was afflicted. And um, unless we were um, there with him, which the vast majority of Christians, only the apostles were really were there with him, um, then we really don't know what that experience was like in, in, in a firsthand way. We read about it, we hear testimony about it, we give thanks to God for it, we praise Jesus for it, because it was through his afflictions, obviously, that we are healed, that we are our sins are forgiven. But what Paul is talking about here is that suffering has been given as a gift to believers so that in our sufferings, we identify with the sufferings of Christ, that we remember his sufferings, we um, we draw close to him. We have intimacy, union with him through our sufferings. And that through those sufferings, when, when Paul says filling up what is lacking, what he means is he's the, the, the term is really to put on display. So there's this sense in which when we as believers go through suffering, that we're identifying with Christ personally, but the way that we walk through those sufferings in faith and trust um, and obedience that we are in fact putting on display for people through our lives the very character of Christ, the very work of grace that he's wanting to do in us. People see that and they are drawn to it. They, they, they wonder about it. They ask questions about it. They, they wonder, how can you rejoice in your sufferings? Um, how can you um, not turn your back on God in your sufferings. It seems that in your sufferings, you value the, um, the closest of relationship with Christ more than you value the things of this world. These are the sorts of questions that press themselves forward when believers suffer. Now, we can suffer poorly, right? In other words, just because we go through suffering doesn't mean we automatically display the sufferings of Christ in a way that is a powerful witness and draws attention to Christ. We can walk through suffering in a way that um, involves self-pity or that draws all the attention to us and not to Jesus. Or we can suffer in a way that we, we, we get angry with God. We curse God. Um, the point is, is that every opportunity we have to suffer is an opportunity to display the sufferings of Jesus. And then how did Jesus suffer? Well, Jesus suffered by not opening his mouth, right? Jesus suffered by being obedient. Jesus suffered by trusting God. Jesus suffered by um, not, not despising the shame, setting his heart and his focus upon pleasing God, pleasing his Father. These are all ways of suffering that we as believers are called to emulate in our own lives. And as we do them, people's gaze goes from wondering what's happening in us or to us to who is this great God that we are giving such 
praise and glory and honor too. And so that's what Paul is getting at here when he says, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, okay? He says, and in my flesh, I'm filling up what is lacking for Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body that is the church. It's a reminder for folks that God brings suffering into our lives for a variety of reasons, okay? And one is to sanctify us. But a second one, a major one that Paul mentions here is displaying the character and worth and glory of Christ. And we are emulating the way he suffered and, and we're, we're filling up what is lacking, meaning we're giving a visual picture in our lives by virtue of the way we're walking through our own suffering in our lives. And it's a powerful witness. It's a powerful statement. It's a powerful testimony. And so what do we do? We pray for God's grace. We pray for God's grace to walk through suffering in a way that brings honor to him. We doesn't mean that we don't mourn or that we don't lament. All those are crucial aspects, right, of, of suffering, suffering well. But we, we want to suffer in a way that, that, again, funnels people's energies and direction and vision towards Christ in understanding the sufferings that he underwent for us. And so we pray for that ability. We pray for that capacity. We pray for that courage. We pray for that strength. We pray for that wisdom, that God's strength will be made perfect in our weakness. All right, tomorrow we'll talk about another purpose of suffering that Paul talks about, and we hope you will join us. Um, but for now, let me pray, and we'll be on our way. Lord, thank you, thank you for Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And Father, we want to follow in his path of obedience so that we might magnify you through our sufferings and to show through our sufferings that you are our greatest treasure. So Lord, give us grace to do that. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, hope to see you tomorrow. Bye.